What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Big Shots at a Full Draft podcast. I'm your host, Mike Renition, joined as always by my colleague and co-host, Devin Jackson. Devin, how you doing today? Doing pretty good, man. Recording uh, this on Monday evening, uh, not our usual time, so we've had a few bloopers. <laughs> yep, um, yep. Dude, I swear to God, the bloopers for, for the show are amazing. Uh, including me not being able to know what website we work on, me introducing you by your Twitter handle instead of your real name, and plenty of other stuff. This is, I, I, I somehow have reverted back to Shacked and a Fool every intro, uh, intro again. Um, we might have to do that one day just as a, just as a joke and just, re- re- you know, release instead my, uh, m- my fuck-ups at the beginning of the episode instead of actually introing the podcast. That would make some amazing content, but we're not here to talk about that. Later in this episode, we have a very special guest. We're being joined by Louisiana Tech running back Justin Henderson. Uh, He talks all things about, uh, you know, how he models his game, players he models his game after, uh, the upcoming schedule, what he needs to work on going forward, uh, and how his faith, uh, you know, kind of guides him and how he plays. It's a really, really good interview. You guys are going to love it. Um, but before we get into that, there's been a, a little bit of news across the NCAA, Devin. Uh, for one, uh, a player we're very familiar with in that we covered the Big Ten last year, J.D. Spielman announcing he's transferring from Nebraska. Uh, kind of interesting that they uh, he waited until, well, June to announce his decision. But, uh, you know, all signs are already pointing that he's uh, going to transfer to Minnesota. He is, of course, the adopted son of um, the Minnesota Vikings general manager, Rick Spielman. Uh, big ties to the community from that area as well. Uh, what are your thoughts on this, man? Like, uh, about the timing, about the connection with Minnesota, where he's going to go, all of that. Um, <clears throat> seems like it would have happened sooner had they already been back for spring football or whatever. Um, felt like, you know... Just kind of reading up on it. Seems like this was something that talks for a while. Um, a lot of Nebraska fans have no love lost for him. Um, I seem like if he doesn't plead like scarlet and black or whatever their colors are, you know, you don't want them. <laughs> or whatever their colors are. That's. <laughs> um, but I'm happy for him. I think that Nebraska was holding him back, to be honest. Yep. Uh, Adrian Martinez had a really, really bad year. Uh, they had they played like three different quarterbacks. Um, it was just not a, a stable situation. Now, if he goes to Minnesota, obviously we have Tanner Morgan, uh, Rashad Bateman, um, you know, some of those other uh, really good receivers that they have in Minnesota. Plus a good offensive line and a good running game. Good luck stopping that Big Ten defenses. Yeah, uh, he he's going into a situation where he'd be immediately beneficial. Uh, not only to Minnesota, but for him and his draft stock, um, and have the opportunity to showcase potentially, you know, competing for a Big Ten championship. Because let's be real, Nebraska's not doing that anytime soon. Um, yeah. So I'd be happy for him if he goes there. Georgia was obviously uh, a college a lot of people brought up. Um, Oregon State was a name I saw. I, I didn't saw. see Oregon State. Yes, huh. I saw that. A couple of you were saying Oregon State potentially. Um, you know, some, some dream, some dream uh, spots. Uh, our guy Tyler Fornis, uh, he wrote an excellent article today about potential landing spots. 
or a uh, JD Spillmaker. You can find out which is This will be on Wednesday when this, when this comes up. Still find it on which is scouting.com. Uh, but you said North Dakota State as a potential uh, landing spot. So it, it'll be uh, interesting to see where he, he ends up. Yeah, for sure. And of course, you know, um, having some football news like that at this point is. Uh, not something we're, we're overly accustomed to, obviously, due to the, the pandemic and everything else that, that's gone on. Um, and, you know, I didn't really want to talk about this in terms of, like, bringing more attention to it. But it, it, it is something that needs to be talk, talked about. Uh, can, can we talk about the, the tone deafness of the Dabo Sweeney shirt for a minute? Oh, Dabo, Dabo Sweeney. I'll tell you what, man. I'll tell you one thing, all right? I may not be the smartest of folk, um, but I can assure you that nine out of ten people know that during a time like this, when there's a lot of tension, and of course, take it from me, I am the last person who knows what any of the um, of the struggles of an African American in America as a white dude from Canada. But even I know that it is not the time to be wearing a shirt that says football matters. Ugh. At a school that has several buildings named after people that have very shady histories when it comes to race relations. Obviously, uh, Dabo Sweeney, he has a pretty, pretty shady history in terms of kind of race relations and uh, not necessarily that he's like racist or anything like that, but he's been very outspoken against against protests. Uh, specifically, Colin Kaepernick in 2016, while he was doing his, he was pretty critical of it. Um, look, man, Dabo, like you have a lot, a lot of uh, black players on your team. Um, like, do yourself like favors. Like, you've had the Sean Watsons of the world. You had Sam Watkins, DeAndre Hopkins. Um, Taj Boyd, you have so many different players, black players on your roster. Uh, Travis Etienne, he's going to be probably one of the first couple running backs taken next year. Uh, Christian Wilkins, uh, the list goes on and on. You know, you've had a lot of, a lot of black players come through Clemson University, and it, they are a large part of your success at Clemson University. Um, you just have to really start thinking about the things you say. Like, you don't have to agree with go, with what's going on, but you have to understand what this is about. And anything that you do will be looking under, under a microscope because you are benefiting from a lot of these black players. Like, I'm not trying to make this a controversial issue or anything like that, but you are... Your success has a lot to do with the players you're able to recruit. Um, and, you know, you, you have to really start thinking about their best interests, uh, defending their lives, because this is what this movement is about. It's about black lives, you know. Um, and wearing insensitive shirts and, and saying insensitive things is only going to continue to hurt you in the long run. So you got you to think about what you're doing, uh, Dabo. Absolutely, and of course, this is not a, an isolated incident. There are there are discussions being had 
across so many different universities. Um, you know, Iowa being one, um, Utah as well. There are, well, I mean, the, the, one at, the ones at Utah and Iowa, I, I don't really want to go too in-depth on those. Um, sorry, it, there, is some, there is some rough shit that happened at both that uh, I don't feel in a good position to have that type of open conversation with. Uh, so if you're listening to this, feel free to look up what was said by, uh, by Utah defensive coordinator uh, Morgan Scally. Um, it's, it's, really, it's really shitty of him. Um, and then, of course, there's the Iowa strength coach, uh, and there's a, a number of, of incidents reported there. Hell, last week we were talking about the fighting um, Pat Narduzzi's, and then, like, that same night, it came out that from, like, four players about some of the, the shit that, that Narduzzi has said, where referring to opposing, um, you know, teams that he, you know, he felt played a different way as thug-like, or not letting players have dreadlocks, and then yelling at them for not cutting off their dreadlocks. Some really fucked up shit, man. Yeah, I mean, you even look at Last Chance U, uh, Coach Brown. He, oh, let's not get into Coach Brown, man. That was that was some shit. That, oh, my God, I remember watching that. Yeah, I mean, that was just an example. We don't have to talk about it in depth. But, <laughs> yeah. You know, these coaches, like, they get that entitlement from having these players. Like, they can talk to them a certain way or, you know, just make them do everything that, you know, they want them to do. Like, I mean, I even have former coaches that will make comments about it. Like, just those comments, you know, uh, like, you know, wanting to have players, like, clean-shaven, all that type of stuff. Like, I get that, you know, you it, it's just crazy to me that, I mean, this is a whole different conversation that we could get into about hairstyles and whatnot. But it's just crazy to me that you have to look a certain way to be viewed a certain way. That's yeah, man. All, that, that's all I'll say about that. Um, but it's just crazy that's what some of these coaches are thinking when they say that. Like, here is like a lot of ways for people to express themselves and to have their own personality. Like, not everyone wants to be clean cut and shaven. Not everyone wants to have fade. Not everyone wants to be bald. You know what I'm saying? Like, people want to do the different things they're going to do with their hair. So this should be an issue uh, that should be brought up by coaches, especially. Like I said, with, with Dabble Sweeney, like, you have black players on your roster. Like, a good bit of your players on the roster are black. Like, you have to really start thinking about these things when you're recruiting, when you're texting, everything. Everything you do will come back to haunt you, especially as a college football coach, especially in a time like this. Like, players, they can, they're only going to stay silent for so long. Like, if they have opportunity to speak out on what you're doing, and not trying to pretend like your program is like so pure and so you know un um, you know unproblematic or, or anything like that, then you know these players will expose you for who you really are. So you have to really watch yourself as coaches. Like just like put yourself in these players' shoes. Don't just think about the success of your program and think about the success as a coach. And, that you may, you know, lose your job if you have another losing season. Like, you have, if you're really into coaching, if you're really about coaching and making a difference, you have to really invest in your players' lives. This is the perfect time to do some with your black players. 
Absolutely. And of course, uh, I think there, there's a couple of great examples of, of like uh, some of the college you know, players that I've really enjoyed watching that are making a difference and going out and, and, and having their voice heard. Uh, the Stills brothers at West Virginia um, have been like really instrumental in, in going out and, and, you know, to as many of the protests in the area as they can. And you know what? Like we've seen in the past what's it been, 10 days, 11 days or so, Devin, that like a lot can, can, can be done in 10 days of protesting. A lot of shit is, you know, has happened that would not have been possible had people just stayed quiet. And I think it's great that people are using whatever platform that they have in order to, you know, to get the, the right message out. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I, I don't want to just focus on the coaches that are hypocritical or ones that have, have done wrong or, or starting to get exposed <coughs> you know there are good coaches out there like there are there are coaches that are truly for the players and want to see them succeed just dabo dabo has a history of, of saying really like kind of tone deaf things like the moment players get paid he's retiring like yeah i mean in general it's been a week of tone deafness for a lot of people I mean, a lot. We don't have to really get involved, uh, get in the details. Like we know what happened this week, uh, from Dupree's Dapple Sweeney uh, to many others that have been super tone deaf this week, this past week. Um, but I mean, it it is what it is. I'm glad that the Iowa players are stepping up um, and, and saying what they need to say. Some former, current, the Pittsburgh players, the other programs across the country that are behind closed doors are not being true to their players and being true to what they claim they stand for. So, um, you know, just to see these players being empowered and having their platform and speaking on these issues and, you know, making making people aware and making the fans aware, um, making, you know, the next set of recruits aware because now these coaches are realizing, like, these players are not scared. You know what I'm saying? They're not scared because you you make the, these threats behind closed doors or, or you, you know, you, you say things behind closed doors that it won't get out. Like, they're, they're in, in, in the end, they're about making an experience for themselves, an, an enjoyable experience. They don't want to be a, a factory where they go in, win you a bunch of games, and then they get shipped out into the world, possibly get drafted, possibly not, where they bounce around to a bunch of teams. Like, it's it's time for the players to have that power to say what they need to say and, and being honest and being out there with themselves and to, to really speak on these issues. Absolutely, man. And, that, you know, that's why, for, I mean, I, I, I really, for this segment, just let you have the floor for that because, as I said, you go through this on a day-to-day basis. I know nothing about what that could be like. I am as far removed from that as you could think. I'm a white dude from suburban Toronto. I like I don't I can't fathom what that would be like, but I know I mean not everyone has that has that same, you know, privilege and has the same opportunity to send it out. And it's kind of it, that's why it's great having discussions like this. But we have to have discussions like this. There is there is no no football, but the thing is that this is taking over football talk because this is happening on every campus in America right now. 
Yeah, it, it, it goes across all the sports. You know what I'm saying? Football is obviously the biggest one and, and the one in the limelight the most, but who's to say that doesn't happen in college basketball? We know it does. You know, we know mm-hmm. it happens on, uh, you know, track, field, uh, baseball. I mean, it, it goes across all landscapes. So it, it can't be just a football issue. It can't be just a country issue. It just needs to be an everyone issue. Like this... Like player, like people think have seem to have this mindset that because players get a full scholarship, like they have their life made, like everything is just fine, you know, like they have it all. But that's not the case, you know what I'm saying? Like they still like regardless if they have a, a meal plan, et cetera, et cetera. If they're coming from an area where they grew up in a rough area. They don't. That means they typically don't have that much money to spend on themselves, you know. Yeah. And they like the problems don't go away once you get a D one scholarship and you're on a D one program campus. Problems don't go away when you are LeBron. Look what happened to his, to his L A house a couple of years ago. Like you, you just because. Oh, by the way, fuck. Uh, was it Jason Whitlock? Oh, or, yeah. yeah. Fuck Jason Whitlock. Yeah. Yeah. He he deserved that. He should have been fired for that. I will never advocate someone getting fired unless it's absolutely necessary. He should have been fired for that. But, I mean... Yeah. We, I mean, we, we really could go on about this all day, but we just figured with the, you know, with the, the way that this has, and rightfully so and deservedly so, become the forefront, the fact that this is not just a political issue. This... This is everyday life, and this affects everybody. This affects me here. This affects you down in, you know, in uh, in Pennsylvania. This affects you know any of the the players that we you know that we watch. This affects everybody. This is you know this affects you know the the schools that these uh, players go to. So, uh, I mean, we we could also go on forever about the 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 Roger Goodell statement, but. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm gonna just say that you know it it it's great that he said it, and it's great that he said exactly what the players told you know told him to. But come on, bro, you know exactly we know exactly who you're talking about when you say we didn't listen to our players. It's like you said, our players. It's one. <laughs> it's one one specific one. Like there are other players that joined him, but he is the one that pushed for it. Um, I mean. It's just crazy. Like, everything is, like, in a time warp right now where a lot of people that you didn't expect to hear statements from, that you didn't expect to hear speak out on this, speaking out on this, simply because, one, they have to, and, two, because they were wrong. I mean, from Roger Goodell to Drew Brees to Dabo Spini, I mean, you can go down the list. I mean, should even escape into a certain degree. Mm-hmm. Like these big, these big time coaches, like they don't have to really deal with it because in the past, like the, the university can make a statement or someone could draft up a statement and put it out in their football account, or whatever. Like it's even gone to like with this type of football, really. It's even gone to NASCAR where NASCAR is addressing it, and we know how NASCAR is. You know what I'm saying? Like. I don't even have to say it. Everybody knows how NASCAR is, right? <laughs> and we, we know what it is. 
the fact that they are addressing it is just like it shows you the importance of the issue at hand like this isn't like something that's just gonna sweep away when sports comes back you know obviously basketball's coming at the end of next month football looks like it's probably on the horizon in the next couple months um we got we got a lot of sports starting to come back already uh baseball doesn't know what they're gonna do yet but in general sports are, are returning but that's not going to stop this conversation from happening. You know, because no. a, a lot of these players are going to look at their coaches differently, especially the ones that haven't made statements or that have made statements and they do the exact opposite. Like, it, it's going to be it's gonna be a different fall for sure. Mm-hmm. And maybe for J.D. Spillman, we don't know the exact details of why he left, but maybe that played a part in it. Maybe he just didn't feel... Like, it was really a family like they said they are. I mean, we've seen players leave Nebraska, you know. Uh-huh. I'm not trying to insinuate anything or anything like that, but, you know, culture matters. And a lot of these programs, culture, are getting getting tested. Like, if you're not winning, why am I there? Yeah, exactly. If the coach isn't supporting what's going on. So you're going to see a lot of players potentially in the next year move on from these programs that aren't progressive, you know? And to me, depending on whatever the Iowa spring coach said, uh, I don't think he has a job. Um, he shouldn't. Regardless of what happens in the investigation, I don't think he can be brought back into that environment and the players are okay with it, knowing that what we said to some of their players, you know what I'm saying? So. Absolutely, man. And like I said, we, we, we could go on about this forever. We, we really could, if we still might not cover everything. But uh, I think that's a, a good place to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to be joined by uh, Louisiana Tech running back, Justin Henderson. We got a special guest for being joined by Louisiana Tech running back, Justin Henderson. Justin, how are you doing today, man? I'm doing great. Hey, thanks for coming on. And... Uh, you know, um, Devin and I obviously uh, you know know you a little bit. We've uh, you know you did a, a great interview with uh, Devin a couple weeks ago. But just for those that may not know you as like a, a player or a prospect, just kind of like explain some a bit about your game. Like you know, for for those who who know like nothing about you. Oh uh, well, my game is downhill, one cut and go. Um, I'm an assignment player. Um, I put God first in everything I do. I think, you know, that's all the things that uh, you can define me on. Yeah, so, you know, I, I got a chance to talk to you uh, about a month ago, uh, talk about kind of your journey and whatnot. Um, and uh, like, like we both talked about that you officially took over like the starting reins at Louisiana Tech as running back last year. Uh, talk about uh, the season in general. You played with some talented guys, obviously Jamar Smith, uh, among some others. So, uh, you know, what was kind of your expectations coming into the season? And then, uh, you know, once everything was happening, you know, what's kind of going through your mind? Uh, the expectations we had going into the season as a team, we, um, we wanted to achieve the highest goal that we can. And, um, we worked towards that goal, and we we accomplished that goal. And um, 
we had a great leader in Jamar Smith. He he led the team well. Uh, great person. Um, just everybody around us had uh, something to play a part in it. And we we worked hard. We believed that we can play with anybody, and the results came out to a win. So we just we just confident, and we feel like even though we're a group of five, we feel like we can play with a couple power fives. Yeah, man, for sure. I mean, I was watching when I was watching your film. Uh, our guy uh, Caddy, who kind of got us on you, De both Devin and I were amazed at like just. I mean, just really solid team effort. And of course, you you went you know a, a long way in 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 that success. Um, and one thing I noticed when I was like watching your film, you're a big dude. You're you know five ten, two twenty or so. But like you got you run so gracefully and like I, I tweeted it out uh, without knowing you know much about you as a player like you know you know height weight you had like some pinball Clemens to you and the way that like defenders you you weren't bouncing off defenders they were going flying off of you uh, is there a particular player that you model your game after? Uh, I would say uh, Mark Ingram. That's I would a good say, one. Uh, I feel like we run we both run hard. That's a good player to model your game after, man. That's a Heisman Trophy winner in a first-round pick. Just saying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you you do play like him. That's a good. That's a good comp. He, he might have a future in this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Kyle. He's a nice question. Uh, you know, you're not. You're also not just a, a one-dimensional back. You know, you've been. You asked. You're asked to pass, protect, go off for routes, everything like that. Uh, how do you think your versatility kinds of play, kind of plays in, you know, how your offensive coordinator and head coach use you, you know, not only in a running game, but in the passing game as well? Well, one, you know, as a back, you have to learn how to pass block and catch the ball. It's what you do without the ball. Even when you don't get the ball, how effective you are. So, you know, me going to Tech, I had to really realize that and, at first, I went good at pass blocking. Then I started working my craft, and then I got better with uh, pass blocking, catching, and just being an all-around team, team player. That definitely goes a long way and kind of feeds into my next question. Uh, you mentioned you kind of, you know, like Devin said, not uh, not a one-dimensional back, but, you know, no one's ever, like, the, the perfect player. So what's one aspect of your game for the 2020 season that you really want to uh, look to improve, uh, you know, as you start drawing more eyes from, you know, from, from the league? Um, I probably need to work on my, my open move, which I've been working on that this whole pandemic happened. So I've been, been working on that. So I, I really can't wait to 2020 come because I'm going to be all positive. And you told me a little bit about uh, the training you're doing and kinds of things like that. Uh, do, do you have like a specific trainer uh, back in back in Florida or is it uh, just, just something that, you know, you kind of get together with some other college athletes and, and work out? Uh, he was at Miami, played at Miami, 
And then Deacon, he was a uh, strengthening coach at FIU. And uh, them boys, they know their stuff. I would recommend anybody in Florida to, to go with him because they know what it takes to take it. Take your, take your skill set to a whole nother level. Yeah, sorry, my mic stayed muted a little longer than I was intending to. I got uh, a couple more questions. These are some questions that I, I, I like to ask, like, you know, any player that I'm able to. Uh, what was your best game on, fi- uh, like, what was the game where you felt like you were at your best uh, in 2019? Because, I mean, Devin and I probably each watched three or four games of yours. Yeah. Um, my best game? Yeah, like the game that, it doesn't have to be like uh, yards or just like the game where you just felt like you were at your absolute best. Okay, I can say, um, FIU. FIU? That was like my, yeah, that was like my, my come out, you know, like a statement. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think that might have been one of the games I watched, yeah. Uh, was it just that, like, you know, just in a zone, just like they, they just couldn't stop you? Like, what what do you think kind of went into that? No, it just, I ain't going to lie, it was God. I mean, I prayed, I, I prayed before the game, and I asked God to have me a big mind and just have fun playing the game, and that's what I did. I went into the game, uh, went learning my assignment, doing my assignment, and um, just having fun doing it. And the results came to that that night, and it was just oh, it was amazing. That's awesome to hear, man. Devin, you got another yeah. question? Uh, you know, uh, obviously, like I said, you got to play at all different levels. You play at the Juco level, level you play, you know, you play for Louisiana Tech, but you play some big schools. Um, who, who do you think is, is the, the, the one player you remember going up against where you just, like, you constantly, like, kept running into him or, uh, you know, you kept – he, he just was a nuisance in your game or, or someone that, that just, you know, was just difficult to play against, if you have anybody. Uh, can I play my teammate? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, Trey Bowen. That was his one of our linebackers. He, was on the, he went to Missouri and transferred and uh, came to Texas. Uh, in practice, I'm talking about we can kick, and he makes me better and I make him better too. I'll say him. And you're going to hear that name, Trey Baldwin. You're going to hear it. Looking forward to it. Um, Yeah. Let's see. I think I got one or two more. Uh, So, again, like you kind of mentioned, a player that you've been kind of running into a lot. Who was the best player on the opposing defense you faced all last year? Because you faced some good teams. You faced Texas and Miami in the same season. So, you you went up against some dudes. I ain't going to lie. I'm gonna have to go with Miami defense and that big number fifteen. Oh, uh, the Russo fifteen. Him, yeah, the DN from Miami. Yeah, he's good. I would say him, and I would say the linebacker that Miami had. He was pretty good. Fifty-five. Uh, that played in the bowl game. Oh, uh, Quarterman. Yeah, yeah. He he was like a yeah. fifth round pick. Yeah, you went. To, like I said, you went up against some dudes in that game, and you still won. You got you right, ate right, that right. day. You got almost 100 yards. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Yeah, kind of final question here for me. Uh, You know, what was was something, uh, I guess, what's your expectations for next season? Uh, Like I said, I know I talked to you a couple weeks ago. 
Um, but, you know, personal expectations and then team expectations. Uh, my personal is, you know, sort of not, not going in the season trying to prove people wrong, but going in the season like um, being prepared to do my job and do it at the best. So my goal is to, like, be consistent, showing that I can go over a thousand. I can go, I can do more than 20, I mean, 15 touchdowns, right? That's a that's a good goal, man. I mean, I, I think you guys could definitely do it. One last question from me. I'm taking a look at the Louisiana Tech schedule for next year. You got some good games lined up. You got uh, Vanderbilt. You got Baylor. Is there a specific game that you're looking uh, most forward to on the schedule? Well, you know, I'm from Florida, so me playing against all the Florida teams, I'm, I'm undefeated so far. So I want to keep that place going. Definitely. All right, man. Well, we we uh, Devin, you got any other questions or? Nah, nah I'm good it, for sure. I'm I'm good. All right. Well, again, thank you, Justin, for for taking time out of your day to come talk to us. Uh, that's gonna do it for today, guys. You can find Devin at Real D underscore Jackson. You can find me at Mike H underscore Draft. You can find Justin at one of my favorite Twitter handles at mvme33. I just I love that handle. It's just it's amazing. Uh, it was great, great having you on, man. Uh, wish you nothing but the best. We'll keep in touch, all right? All right, take care, man.